You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. I've been in and out of OA since 2014, 15. I came into another program at first, which was very similar to the um, OA program, um, the eating plan, the structured how eating plan. Um, And I was very successful for about a year with that. Prior to that, I had been on a roller coaster of eating for years and years. And I look back at pictures now. I've been cleaning out with COVID. I love I don't love COVID, but I love the time that it has given me. And I go through and I'm cleaning out photographs, sending them to my daughter. She just got married this summer. And so I'm sending her a lot of the family stuff. And I go through and I look at pictures. And my whole life, I was made to feel like I was this horrible person because I'd sneak food, sneak treats, because my parents, my mother especially, was extremely conscious about that. And so I just always was thinking I wasn't good enough. I was sneaking and I look at pictures and I, and I'm amazed that why did I think I was so abnormal, so overweight? I was the skinny little kid, but it's just a a feeling of insecurity that followed me around food my whole life. Um, When I went off to college early just to get away from home life my parents were getting divorced and it was crazy so just to get away and of course with college I just there was nobody to control what I did so I added more and more and then I'd exercise crazy I mean I would run for hours just to keep the weight off and um, I was eating and drinking way too much um, and finally made it through college with the same you know, coping skills, eating too much and then exercising like crazy to keep it off or get off. Um, and then I, after college, I started a job, met my first ex-husband, um, and he was very much into an image. We had to look, I had to look a certain way, maintain a certain um, just way of carrying myself of being. So that just added to my anxiety of of the food and I again and because of his position we entertained a lot and so I would eat and then I never got to the place where I would purge but I would exercise to exhaustion um fast forward that crazy life um then my children come along and um my daughter came along and and you know life was good I I still exercised I still ate um but I didn't think I had a problem because I was managing it and um, managing my ex-husband's law practice because I'd helped him build that. And so I just had this facade of just always being in control. And I can remember friends saying, oh, my God, your life is so perfect. You're so happy. And inside all the time I was just screaming because it's just like nothing felt perfect. And I never felt good enough. 
and that was, I was still managing. And then, um, two years after my daughter was born, my son was born. And that's when things really started to come apart. And I'm sorry if I get a little emotional because I had an episode with my son today and it'll all come to, you'll realize what it's about in shortly. But um, my son was born and he was a preemie. He was born at 29, 30 weeks, spent quite a bit of time in the hospital a couple of months on a heart-lung monitor that had to resuscitate him a couple of times when I was there, scared to death. And so I dealt with that because here I have a two-year-old at home that I have to take care of, uh, then husband who was no help. He was more into his career um, doing this, and I was scared to death the whole time. So I ate over it and drank over it. I tell people I was the best functioning alcoholic I knew. Um, and all the while maintaining that perfect facade of, oh, I've got to weigh just so much and be this perfect person. Um, just a really scary time. And my son came home after two months on a heart-lung monitor. I couldn't even take him home until I learned infant CPR. Imagine that. Scary. But um, the whole time I'm doing this, I'm I'm eating. I, I He'd come home. I'd get him, you know, I could hold him and take him off of this machine, but then I'd put him back on because he couldn't sleep without it. And he slept with us, um, but he couldn't sleep without this machine. So I'd hook him up to his machine, get my daughter to bed, and then I'd head to the kitchen. And because, you know, the husband was still working or parting with friends or whatever. And, you know, I'm, that's, I'm coping because that's what you do. You just, I mean, I couldn't quit. I had two little kids depending on me. So Fast forward, probably my son is, you know, after a lot of therapy and stuff, he's beginning to thrive. He's taking off. Um, he turns five years old. We've got him in pre-kinder doing well. I mean, he's the most beautiful little boy. He was the most beautiful little boy. My daughter was fantastic. But um, so we fast forward and they're five years old. I'm still managing to work in my manage my ex-husband's law practice. I'm working on my kids in school. I'm the perfect room mother, <laughs> you know, and this whole facade that is just, I continue to build and maintain. And it's just amazing to me how crazy it was. But all the while, my mode was to take care of everybody during the day. And then once the kids were in bed and I was by myself, or I could be by myself, I, I, the kitchen called. Um, and that's what I do. I'd hide out. I, I can remember hiding packages of stuff all over the house. Or if I, I'd say, you know, if the husband was home, I, I'd say, I, I've got to run to the grocery store. I really need to get a few things and eat stuff on the way home. <laughs> um, and then throw away the packages because my car had to be pristine too. Um, you know, on the way, I wouldn't even throw them. I was so scared. I wouldn't even throw them in my trash can at home. <laughs> and, um, so fast forward, my children are, uh, kindergarten and, and second grade and 15 days after nine 11, which I will never forget. Um, he walks in and says he doesn't want to do this anymore, packs a bag and walks out. So I'm by myself, boy, that was crazy. And so 
I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Well, you know, part of me is, you know, we're stronger than we know and our higher power. And I do believe it was my higher power, my God, because I couldn't do it on my own. But um, I switched careers because I didn't want to go back to the career that my kid that I'd had before my kids came along because I would never seen them. I'd have had to put them in daycare, somebody else raised them. So I went into education and I'm so thankful it was the best 15 years of my life. I, I, I was a teacher. I had my kids schedule. I dropped them off at their school. Then I go to my school and it was just perfect. But, you know, being so fearful and never thinking you're good enough or that you can take care of this. And I always wondered, what's the next crisis? You know, I would go, I'm amazed that I was able to do this. It's my higher power because I would go to work and I had to go to school for the first year as well. And I did that. And um, my mother helped me briefly, but my mother's attitude was they're your kids. You take care of them. Um, But um, I would take, you know, I would come home after picking them up and I would get them, you know, supper ready for bed and then put them to bed and then it would start over again. I would just eat and eat and eat till I was miserable or, well, eat and drink. And that was my, that was how I operated for years. And I am amazed, but it is for the grace of God. I'm here today because I think about all the damage that I did to my body. But, you know, fast forward, I, you know, my higher power never really left me because fast forward to all these years, I read my kids are in high school, were doing well. Um, and um, I laugh because they tell a story about how they would, um, mom would come home from work, take care of them, fix dinner, and then she'd go sit in front of the TV and we had two small dogs and and they would joke about how mom would fall asleep, the wine glass would be empty on the nightstand, but the food would be still be there. There'd be leftover pieces of food, and the dogs loved it because they jump on the bed and eat the leftovers. And you know they're laughing about it. And we were we were talking about this not long ago, and I'm I'm embarrassed, I'm mortified because I'm I can't believe that I did that or that anybody noticed because I thought I was hiding it really well. So, you know, my daughter went off to college um, later, um, fast forward a few more years. My son is in high school his last year, and he decides he wants to live with his dad. And I'm all of a sudden by myself, and I'm just petrified because, believe it or not, my kids were my strength. They were why I got up in the morning, why I did what I did. And um, I'm at church one day. And a friend of mine, I'm, you know, I'm telling her because by then the weight had just started coming on like crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't exercise enough to, to, to keep that balance. And I had reached the point I really didn't care because there wasn't anybody in my life. And I was just, you know, that's where I found my comfort. But I was, I met a lady at church and she goes, you know, and I, we were just sharing. And I don't know what possessed me except my higher power to tell her how I was feeling. Because I never told anybody, because in my family, you didn't tell anybody anything about how you felt, so I didn't share. And I was surprised that I found myself, she invited me for coffee, and I found myself sharing with her how I was feeling and the sense of hopelessness, and she invited me to a meeting. It was not an OA meeting, it was another recovery group for food addicts, um, 
and that was 2014 and it was it was god because i found a sponsor i found recovery in that program and i was in recovery for probably a year or two with that program and then life happens again and my son is now he's gosh i can't remember it's 2000 early 2016 and it's a saturday morning i'm out running errands he's moved back in with me because we did that tag back and forth he would decide his he didn't like his dad's rules so he'd come back to me and i get a call from my daughter and she's frantic she tells me my son has shot himself and that emergency the police show up and everything i can't get home fast enough well thankfully and and i say again it's my higher power it's god um he had shot himself in the shoulder missed major arteries um he had a blood alcohol level of 3.6 um i don't know why i share this except that he's an alcoholic he's a functioning alcoholic even to this day um so he goes into a recovery program we go through a lot with him and i'm angry and i just relapse like crazy and i'm just angry i'm you know god my ex-husband you know everybody anybody um so we struggled with that for a couple of years and i did not make my way back into these rooms until 2000 um well I was on and off the whole time, but I never really found abstinence or, or recovery again till about a year and a half ago. And, um, you know, I say there's blessings in everything because I had to learn to let go of my son. I had to learn to let him live his life, but I also had to learn to start really living mine and finding and reconnecting with my higher power because I knew I couldn't go on and he couldn't either. And the conversations my son and my children and i've always been close and the conversations that i had with my son and my daughter around this were amazing they they sent me back on the road to recovery um and he to, is doing better but i realized i'm not responsible for him he's responsible for him and only per person i have to be responsible for me it is myself and I have to let go and let my higher power because I can't even do that on my own. And I laugh because I, I say, you know, I've just, my life has been crazy. Um, and I'm just thankful to God that I'm here. The other, um, amazing thing. And, and, and I find that it is, I laugh because it's ironic or it's God has a sense of humor. My higher power has a, a real uh, good sense of humor because what are we working on? I'm, I'm 32 days abstinent. Um, I come, I had been on and off in OA going to meetings all of 2019. Um, but, and I, and I'd done well, I'd released almost 30 pounds by the end of November. And then I don't know what happened, but I got angry again because of this COVID. I couldn't be with my children at Christmas, which is huge for me. And I just got angry and I started eating over it in a big way. And I gained back about eight pounds. But then through all that anger, there was still this glimmer of hope. And, and I went, I just Googled, I started December 30th. I said, you know, I just went to away meetings and a woman shared her story and it just triggered something. And I'm like, I've got to get back to these rooms. I've got to let April, go of my 15 minutes. 
15 thank minutes. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, I just had to let go of this anger because it was affecting so much of my life. So I, um, I just started listening to OA meetings daily. Um, I made a request for a sponsor um, one day, and I get a call from a lady, and she goes, I can't sponsor you because I've got too many people. But you know what? I know people. And I'm like, and then 24 hours I had a sponsor, a phenomenal sponsor. And I'm like, that's, a, if you, that's the higher power. That's my God talking. Um, and I was, and I didn't know what my higher power was supposed to look like because when I grew up, I grew up with a very angry, punishing God. And I'm like, I don't want a higher power like that. Thank you very much. But now I'm coming to realize that my higher power is in nature. My higher power is everywhere. Um, and as I look back on my life, I've seen that my higher power, my God has been there every step of the way. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. And, and the last thing before I close is my son called me today, and, and I will share, I'll be honest that every time he calls me, my heart goes to my throat, and I'm like, oh, my God. And he's doing well. But today he was having a very depressive um, day. But the cool thing was he said, Mom, I knew I had to pick up the phone and call somebody. He goes, you've told me that I call somebody. And he goes, and I'm finally listening to you, and I'm dying laughing because I'm like, thank you, God. It's not me. It's God. And um, we talked and we hung up and we called back, back and forth all day. And the last conversation I had with him was about six my time. And he is like, the tone had totally changed. And he goes, Mom, I just wrote and I just said, okay, where am I supposed to be? And and he's been in and out of AA. He says he doesn't believe in God and I have to trust that, you know what, he'll find his way. But he's using tools, and I'm learning that my higher power just is telling me, speak up, just share. And that's all I have to do. And when I started, and when I was asked to speak today, I was like, oh, my God, I I don't, what do I have to say? I have nothing. I've only been abstinent. And when I was asked, I'd been abstinent two weeks, possibly. And, And I had nothing. But my higher power, my God, tells me that we all have something and we just take it one day. We wake up. And I just want to finish with the reading and voices of recovery today. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But one of the things that really struck me was clearly a power greater than ourselves has to be found if we are to be restored to sanity. And I know I think about all the insanity in my life and that I've all the insanity over the years. And I know it's not me. It is definitely my God that's done this for me. And I'm just very grateful and I'm thankful that you've allowed me to share here. And um, it's just been an emotional day, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, You know, my children are my babies, even though they're 26 and 24. Um, But thank you for letting me share.